You know what? In any time, I think this is, um, I mean, minus the COVID, uh-huh. being single now is probably the best time than any other time in human history. Why do you say that? Traveling is more affordable than it's it's been. Mm-hmm. Technology, uh, you know, the world's smaller, so you can find and locate things better. You can use tools to communicate. You can mm-hmm. use tools to navigate. Yep. Uh, you can use tools to find out which... Uh, spots are desirable it's made things a lot easier for sure then let's go back 20 years Mm -hmm. it's much more challenging yeah people had like maps back then i don't know how they managed and i remember my dad (laughs) driving pulling out a map and and i remember when i was going through japan for the first time and we were going everywhere fearlessly Mm -hmm. because my friend had his phone Yep. And he would just Google map everything. And he was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, we're going to make a left here. We're going right here. We'll, we'll be right there. Yeah. And I'm like, awesome. Can you imagine not having something like Google and having just to figure it out and nobody is able to communicate with you? I can't imagine a world without that. I mean, if I don't have my phone for an hour, I start panicking. That's right. <laughs> you know, so, like- so, and, that's, and that's what I'm saying. Like, imagine like back then you're just going around just clueless, lost. Yeah. You're, you're trying... You know, you're speaking English or you're trying to communicate in your native language to someone and they're just like, huh? huh? Right. And they're trying to help you and you just can't communicate that effectively. Or right. or even if you do get to the place you want to go, mm-hmm. you can't even order the food. Mm-mm. You know, you just got to right. point at shit. So it's like now you're, you're in a time where like, I remember going to a restaurant and I couldn't read what they want, but I was able to pull up the dishes mm-hmm. on my on phone. phone and I was like I want this and I just showed up yeah. the pictures that's how you, you do it now right so that's what and then now you got Google Translate right. or, or you got tools that'll that can translate certain speech yep right to communicate so that's why I say now especially if you're single you don't have to worry about if someone wants to do it with you you, you just go you just go yeah. on your own right so that's why I say there's no better time to be single and travel the world if you're into that and try foods in human history than now but you can't travel anywhere right now i mean <laughs> it's, it's been pre-covid pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-covid yeah yeah pre-covid you can go anywhere sure i mean where it's desirable and, and where you want to try food and go and and have a great time yeah i mean i agree um just going back to the technology um portion of what you were saying i i feel like it's made life a lot easier but i think it's also a curse as well you know if you you have di- like family dinners these days, and there, there's like barely any social interaction. Everyone's on their phones, and you have, you know, kids seven, eight years old. They all have iPhones, and they're just kind of glued to it all day. You know, um, even social media. I feel like uh, I'm, I'm going to sound a, like a hypocrite for saying this, but I think it's like one of the worst things to happen, um, just because, you know, you travel somewhere and people don't really enjoy the moment. They don't. They don't know how to live in the moment. They they're too busy taking pictures and posting it up for likes you know so i feel like there are benefits to technology but you know you you lose a little bit of something there i think the pros outweigh the cons i mean as you were saying before you go an hour without your phone and you're like what that you feel like a lost (laughs) puppy right right uh i don't want to go back to the although i miss the days where we didn't we were around the dinner table. We're having a social interaction, whether we're friends or family, mm-hmm. and we didn't. Somebody didn't have to stop and take a damn picture or right. look at their phones or text in the middle of 
actually having a conversation. Can right. you imagine me just right now? Da, 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 da. That's why I love the podcast. Because we get to actually talk to interesting people yep. without interruption. Sure. Right? Or distractions. But that all said, I would not trade this technology, what we have now, and revert back to going back on pay phones, beepers, mm-hmm. uh, looking for quarters, right? And then having to pump another quarter after a few minutes. I have to pump another quarter. Or, or calling someone and they don't pick up and, and I'm trying to get an update and I'm going, what, what's going on? And, and just communication with people was just so much slower. The world right. was much slower without it. Um, it's and made life easier, for driving, sure. Driving. Mm-hmm. Driving. Just knowing that GPS. Just having that peace of mind that you're not going to get lost. And if right. you are lost, you'll be able to figure it out mm-hmm. with the GPS versus not having it, having know. to find like a stranger out in rural anywhere, some weirdo, and, and go, hey, get a map and get a map <laughs> and then figure it out. I don't or, even know how to read a map. Like, I the, don't either. <laughs> really? I mean, it's been a while. So, you maybe, know, maybe I'm just too old. I don't know. It's but, been a while. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it. And, and I mm-hmm. also like, that I have access to other people's profiles. For example, you, you do your food blogging there, right? Yep. So if I ran into you because Norm followed you and I ran into your stuff and Norm's like, hey, Will, check this guy out. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I see, I'm like, ooh, that dish looks delicious. That is a fantastic picture. I wanna eat that. Oh, he is in New York. Oh, this restaurant is here. Or maybe I'm going to Cali. Oh, this is a good spot. So now I get to have uh, your experience. You're sharing that with me. Indirectly, but you're sharing that with me. So I know this spot looks good because I could see the food just through the pictures. I'm like, ooh. And if I wanted to go a step further, I could look up reviews on it. Sure. And if that confirms everything that I see and just passes the eye test, I'm going, yeah, I I get to set up all these places that I want to go to so I could have, you know, certain checkpoints that I want to try out. Mm -hmm. Versus before, your world was a lot more narrow. Right. You would just go in there and kind of take a shot and dunk. Well, let's go to this neighborhood. I hear there's something there, and then you know you just kind yeah, of yeah. Let's dive go into in. that shady joint that that with the dim lights. And <laughs> try that out, you know, or go into the you know go into the like, trying story go away in the back. Right. Although Maybe it is, place is nice. although it does make it a bit more adventurous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, the pros and cons, but I think the pros outweigh the cons. You make some good points. Yeah, yeah. but I do miss the social interactions. I do miss having that. Um, you know, it's just, it was real special. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't know, people are so out of touch these days, you know. You, mm-hmm. you, you, have, you have, like, a, you go on a date or, or you have a dinner with a friend, and half the time they're looking at their phones. And um, instead, they should be really enjoying the meal and talking to each other. You know, yeah. just something a little bit lost here. But, yes, I, I do agree with that. I mean, like, you That know, is like, so rude. I do it all the Can time. I, just say I, have that? To, I have to stop doing it. I that do it all the so time. Oh, you're talking about yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I do it all the time. I thought you were talking He's about like, the damn people. it. You go on a date and you're yeah. looking at your phone. I do it all the time. Like, <laughs> my, my friends, when I have dinner with them, they yeah. always give me shit about it. Oh. Like, stop, stop it's going so on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. It's so rude. I can't so help. Rude. You know, with Instagram, it's it's. I I had to. I was gonna take a break before that's you guys right. Were, yeah, that's right. I'm trying to reach out to you. I'm yeah. like, you're not responding to me. Oh shit, we have we have a podcast scheduled this weekend. I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, I was gonna take a break because, you know, what was happening is and still happening is every 15 minutes I would just look at my phone, mm-hmm. nonstop. You know, it's uh. um, checking on uh, anything new, uh, any likes, and it's that's no way to live. I feel like you know, it it it, it really took over my life. 
Mm. You know, because you worked I, hard to get your following. Yeah, you know, it took yeah. you five years to get and the I enjoy of following it, yeah. that you have. So I could kind of get, you know, it's giving you that gratification, that sure. social acceptance. It's addicting. You know? Yeah, that dopamine just yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah, right. I mean, they know what they're doing. I mean, if you watch, uh, was it Social Dilemma? I, I didn't watch that. Is that on Netflix? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I heard about it. I didn't so watch it. They, but. they basically figure out the human algorithm. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, wow. And they know, they are, I mean, just based on your likes and your activities, they're able to really customize something where, because there's several types of your type. So they can mm-hmm. do their algorithm. They can make an educated guess on what, what you like what'll keep you on that platform yes. so if you watch this video here and then when that video is done it'll automatically pop up or suggest another one you're gonna go ooh, right and keep it's subconsciously doing that and you're getting this dopamine like ooh, ooh you're getting locked in mm-hmm. before you know it an hour or two hours of your life has gone by and you're like and it's ha- and you know it's fucked up i i finished watching social dilemma and this is how good it is that i'm aware of this stuff and I caught myself on social media unintentionally, and I'm busy as fuck for a whole hour. And then I could not believe it. When I looked at it, it was like 9 o'clock, and it was 10 o'clock. I was like, wait, did an hour really pass? What in the world? What the? How did? What is this black magic? Like, how did they do that to me? Like, I'm aware of this, and I never stay on my phone like that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Somehow they were able to figure me out. Right. They were just able to, they, they found my code. The, the right videos, the right content. I couldn't stop. Yeah. I couldn't stop. And I'm aware of it and I couldn't stop. That's like every day for me. <laughs> it's like, go on my phone and before you know it, three hours have passed. But isn't that, isn't that like um, having that awareness and, you know, at that point where it's like, okay, I'm thinking, constantly thinking, oh, this, this might not be good for me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't have that, you know, kind of inner awareness that like, okay, this is, might not be, you know, the greatest thing. And, and, and take that moment to stop but you know everyone you know you did you know you did for a second and then it's, it's oh, i did for a long time yeah i did for a long time and it's just i just got caught in that moment of weakness mm. you know or whatever it was they just found or the algorithm might have been updated i don't know they oh they do change it every we're now. gonna get you yeah. buddy yeah and they figured it out whatever change they made it locked me in for a full hour. And I'm not, you know my personality. I am not one to give anything an hour unless it's, it's meaningful. Yeah. Right? I, I set up a reminder on my uh, Instagram account. Um, there's an option where if you spend X amount of time on it, it'll remind you. Oh, I didn't know that. So I use that. And, um, you know, the first time I, I set it up for two hours, I kept hitting that every day. And I was like, okay, let me increase the time three oh. hours. <laughs> and I'm still hitting that every day. So, I mean, wow. my goal is like just to reduce that time to maybe an hour or two a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not healthy to spend that much time. I think there's apps it. that can block out a specific oh, I don't. Want, I don't want to do that. <laughs> just in case I need a... Like basically put parental... Um, yeah, or yourself. Yeah. So. <laughs> parental lock yourself. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if it's that bad, I mean, it is bad how addicting it is. It really is. I mean, if you're in front of people, your friends, mm-hmm. family, and then you can't stop, it's it's crazy. It's go crazy. go for a walk outside. Go to a restaurant. You you see it everywhere. People uh, aren't even looking at where they're walking. They're on their phones the entire time. Yeah, it's a big problem. I mean, it's all it happens all the time. I'm having a conversation with someone, and they're just yeah, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. And I'm like, what is this person doing? I'm looking I'm like. 
really you just liking shit like <laughs> and they're going through it fast you know it makes me feel like i'm slow uh-huh. I, and i have to share this with the world when i see other people yeah, on I, on tiktok or instagram or facebook or whatever reddit whatever they're on i mean they are faster text they're multitasking they're flipping in and out and they're so fast it, if i was to record them from behind you would think it's fast forward for a person like me when i consume social media it's a lot slower like i'm analyzing i'm locked in i'm looking i'm not just on board next board next boom boom boom, boom text hey how's it going Papa? i'm you keep you keeping the, the finger on the screen and then scrolling slowly <laughs> sometimes i, do that, I mean yeah. yeah but when i see i guess the younger kids doing it the teenagers oh, yeah, they're quick they're wizards man mm-hmm. they're so I'm, I'm going is their computer faster than mine like in their heads yeah, their processing speed like yeah have, i mean they grew up on it so right i'm going i'm like damn i felt like an old man yeah. watching them compared to me yeah we have a pentium and they have like some sort of like but here's but here's the difference here's the difference it's as soon as you have a conversation with one of them it's like you know <laughs> it's, yeah it's really like talking to a wall right different programming they give yeah. they give close-ended answers mm-hmm. they just don't know how to keep it going for the mm-hmm. most part not all of them but people that are like that usually usually have a a really challenging time articulating themselves not because they don't want to it's because they're just not used to it they don't it makes them uncomfortable they don't always have a chance to develop their personalities as well yeah they spend all that time on on their phones or whatever right and um when you lose that human interaction uh, you you lose a little bit of that you never fully grow i feel like absolutely i mean and that's why i'm grateful that i kind of lived in both eras i lived Mm -hmm. in a very analog era sure and now we are where we are and it's it's there's no going back to that old world no matter how much we want it unless you want to disconnect yourself mm. fully and, and right. that's not happening right right it's only going to i think get worse yeah i mean we're so reliant on technology um i don't see it ever going away just wait till the sex robots come <laughs> Don't they exist in Japan already? I think so, yeah, yeah, and some are. But wait till it gets mainstream is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know how people have sex toys or whatever? I think when it's not taboo in, in cultural societies anymore, where I think I think VR is going to have a lot to play with it. There's, you know, it's a there's too much money. It's too lucrative of an industry, the porn industry, to not tap into that market. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And it's also addicting right yeah so demand for it so imagine like either a sex doll or virtual reality will give you like just an amazing experience customize it just the way you like it and you don't have to put in the effort of going on a date of risking yourselves being rejected or getting weird or having to commit to anything yep it's just low-hanging fruit all around it's like oh Oh, look at this hot girl. Yeah, I'll pick you today. Let me put on my VR headset and zero, go into the matrix real, real quick. Yeah. And then zero, you get everything you back. want. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that's going to happen within our lifetime. I can see that. Yeah. But before that, I think they're going to have like physical sex robots that's going to look and feel like a human being. And I would even venture to say. I'm pretty sure they have that now, right? Mm, it's very rudimentary yeah, i feel like yeah i'm not yeah. gonna mistake you're talking about like an actual you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna mistaken you're not gonna mistaken it for a human mm-hmm. i'm going to say within our lifetime i believe 
that they will be able to get AI to the point in, in where you, you can't even tell if it's human or robot. That's so crazy. The design, the design yeah. of it and, and, the, and the speech. Like right now, when you talk to Siri, Google, uh, Alexa, right? Any of those uh, s- uh, s- smart machines, right? It, you can tell. It's like, you can tell it's... The cadence is very rudimentary answer. It's going to sound like a normal person, like us talking. That's one. Two, I think they're going to be able to have robots. I think instead of having a Google Home or Alexa being just a speaker. Sexbot 1.0. I don't, I'm 1.0. not talking about like sexbots, but I'm just talking about uh, just like an, a, an assistant, mm-hmm. a virtual assistant. Right. And then from that technology, they'll be able to extrapolate that and put it in other service industries, whether it's sex or, or hospitals mm-hmm. Or restaurants, they're going to automate a, almost everything. Mm-hmm. Everything. Where, where humans, we're going we're gonna to be like, what do we need them for? Forget about taking uh, logistic you know, jobs that are transportation or, or, or Uber or anything like that, where they have driveless vehicles, but it's going to go into supermarkets, it's going to go into several different industries. I mean, they have drones now that, that uh, deliver packages. Yeah, know? that's true. It's, yeah. I grew up with like flip phones. So this is mind blowing that um, they have this type of technology now. Can you imagine 20, 30 years what they're going to have? Exactly. Technology has been increasing so rapidly. I mean, we grew up with what? VCRs, eight tracks, yeah. right? Yeah. And then, and then it was crazy because when my nephews were, were growing up, I was like, this is crazy. They'll never know what a VCR is. And now and they were at CD player, DVD players. Floppy disk. Right. And, and then now you're looking at, like, I'm looking at my kids, I'm going, They'll never know what any of that stuff is. It's a relic. It's a, yeah, it's a yeah. relic. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All they'll know is what's in a cloud. Right. They're just like, it's supposed to go on my phone, save it somewhere. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? Stop being weird. Like, you know? like, I want this now. I want to watch this now. Boom. Put it up on screen. You have right. to insert something? You have to open a what? box? <laughs> what? What? What are you... <laughs> What are you talking now about? Now you can just airdrop everything, if you like. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've yeah, never used nice. that, but that yeah. seems like very cool technology. Yeah. yeah. It's like transfer. That's because he's Team Droid. Yeah. Team Droid. Oh, Droid. are you? Oh. I'm Team Droid. Yeah. I feel like Apple's going to take over everything. I think between Apple, I think Tesla. Tesla, yes. People think Tesla's a car company. Mm-mm. It is not. Way more than that. I would say this. This is the way I look at it. Like Amazon. When it started, it was a competitor to Barnes and Nobles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was a it bookstore, was, online was, bookstore. It was an online bookstore, and now people, no one looks at Amazon like an <laughs> no. online bookstore. It's a monster. I mean, they have over one million employees worldwide. Wow, one million jobs created. I've got mixed feelings about Amazon. I feel like they've pushed out so many industries, like retail and small businesses. It's really you know, it's it's hurt the local um, business owners, you know, True. tremendously. True, but if people really cared that much, they wouldn't shop uh, at Amazon. It's convenient. It's cheap. And and they would shop at their local mom. But the truth sure. is, you just can't compete with their prices. No. You can't mm-hmm. c- compete with the selection. And you can't complete, compete with the transit time. And the ease of use. You just click on something. It's there. You That's don't have it. to travel anywhere. That's it. But you just know. as transit time, you get two-day delivery, whereas before, yeah. you have to wait so long. Right. Yeah. You know? And you would have to pay for it, too. It wouldn't even be free. Right. Right? If you And if you did want to reduce it to <clears throat> compete with two days, you have to pay an extra 20 bucks. So, I, I mean, 
I get it. It sucks for the mom and pop shops. Yeah. But one thing that's that's for sure it's change, mm-hmm. and you always have to adapt and and move with the future. You have sure. to come up with something that's better and provides a better service. Otherwise, you're going to be obsolete. Amazon really has a hand in everything. I mean, everything, literally everything. I mean, they have aside from having a online presence, they have some kind of pharmacy being set up. They have their own delivery service. Uh, they have a, their own streaming platform. I think they're going to take over everything in the future. Right. You know, they're they're getting in. They're probably going to have their own military in the future. <laughs> God. The I mean, they have the money for it. Yeah, they have private. They can they can hire mercenaries. Exactly. Private contractors. That's crazy. <laughs> it's hard to imagine if the government comes and says, "Okay, you guys got to break up," and then they say, "No, we don't. We're our own government." <laughs> exactly. That would be crazy. That's that'd be a great movie. That's a Black Mirror episode. Right? Yeah, you know that'll be a yeah. great. Yeah, that'll be a great Black Mirror episode. Did you hear they're not um, they're not filming or streaming anything? Uh, you know, for Black Mirror, because this year has been so crazy that um, it's surreal. Right. And like some of the episodes they've right. aired. Um, came true. Came true. Or, or, or a if, virtual audience. If it's not one for one, it was like the cousin of it. Like it's very yeah. close. Yeah. It's yes. scary. Same, same thing with grading people. Right. Get, writing oh, reviews. Yes. In China. Human yeah. Yelp. Like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if you have a low review, you can't travel. That's right. Mm-hmm. You can't get a job. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's all based on a social network. That system. was a crazy episode. Yeah, it was. That I saw on Black Mirror. That was crazy. And then a few months later, lo and behold, there's news reports of that happening in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mind blowing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely mind blowing. I don't know, man. It's yeah, I agree. Amazon, they have the hand of, but Tesla, think about what they're tapping into, right? There's space exploration. I mean, they're part of it. Yeah, right. But they're going to turn into a. A transportation company it's really in my opinion right. tesla is a tech company yeah it's a tech company it's yeah. not just cars right you know they're involved in quite a right. few things I, I could see them being a competitor of uber yeah once once driverless vehicles become a thing yeah and that becomes a norm where you don't need a a human chauffeur where the ai can just take it from there you you just go into the tesla app or uber whatever and then just go you want your car a car shows up and it's just a car and no one in the front. Mm-hmm. And you can sit down and I'll bet you like the screen will probably turn into like, you could probably do some Apple CarPlay or whatever right on the screen right there, mm-hmm. and, you know, from your phone. I could totally see that. Yeah. And and I, I think Tesla is one of the first people in that game. I could see the Tesla's jumping right into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Elon is a genius. He's a very smart guy and, and just his background, his, his leadership, the amount of hours he's, you know, he works like 80, I think over 80 hours a week. He's running like two a, companies. Yeah. He doesn't sleep. SpaceX and he's, Tesla. I heard that he sleeps at the factory yeah. when he was getting Tesla up and running. Mm-hmm. He, he, he slept in the factory. Mm-hmm. And then he would wake up and just get going. You know, he, he just found a way to be the most lean and efficient with his time. Uh, and and look, look at it. I mean, I think Tesla was on the brink of... Uh, uh, bankruptcy. Yes. Yeah. And then many, long ago. It is. many times. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm actually really pissed at myself. <laughs> when when Tesla stock was like twenty, thirty dollars. I was looking at it, I was like, man, this is really risky. I don't know. I was thinking if I just put in a little bit in there. And then now I'm looking at it, I was like, geez, why didn't I put a little bit in there? Mm. Yeah, I mean you never know with those smaller companies when they first begin how 
you know how far they can go so it's, it's a little risky sometimes yeah. uh, tesla just happened to sort of blow but up. it's amazing that he broke he, he broke the mold and you know everyone he had before it was like absolute at that time think about it exxon was the number one company exxon mm-hmm. was the apple it was it, it was extremely profitable it was like at the fortune 100 it was like the top company yeah and to see that downfall is insane and it was all about um uh, uh gas vehicles right mm-hmm. and now electric's the new wave and he's and he's got he has a lot tesla has the largest market share when you look at electric vehicles but there's the market share there's so much more to be had because how many people drive gas cars eventually eventually we're gonna see all you know, it, vehicles what's gonna be the relic is the gas vehicle yeah mm-hmm. i agree it's it's the future you know and it, i feel like it's very you look at these companies and it's very it's very easy to fall behind um, yeah. You look at Apple. You do you remember when BlackBerry was the thing? You know, yes. back in the day, yes. they were the top dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, the iPhone comes out, they fell behind, and you don't even hear about uh, BlackBerry anymore. Right. Um, so it, I think they're trying, but they they I mean unsuccessfully. They, they There's no new technology. They even yeah. tried to come out with a full touchscreen phone, uh, and yeah, it a didn't late. work. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. You know, they moved away from their bread and butter, which was mm-hmm. the physical keys. Right. And let me tell you, BlackBerry had the best freaking keys. Yeah. Oh, I love that text. Phone. Yeah, it was just the way it felt on your thumbs when you were just shooting that email, that mm-hmm. text. It just, it was so awesome. It just everything with the real, with the rolling ball wheel mm-hmm. and it felt like a mini computer. Yeah, mm-hmm. something satisfying. Yeah, yeah it was it. just perfect for for I guess that corporate kind of job if you need to right. send a lot of emails. You know. Yeah. If you had a a, a, a job like that or some industry, but. Now, it's all about the big screens. I wonder what's next. I really wonder what's going to be the thing that that challenges the the OLED screens. Holograms. That's Ooh. a way. <laughs> really, holograms in the future. I yeah, in the so. future. I think the next wave is probably like the um, the screen that can bend the bendable screens. They, you, there's there's a few things out for that right now. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I think LG created good. some some like uh, a phone that you can bend into the shape of like just a regular like handheld phone, but yeah. you can. You could bend it into you know a full what? screen. I will say tablet. they're going to get it to a point where you could just roll it up like a like a poster, hmm. and just take it with you in your backpack. Just roll it up, mm-hmm. put it out there, and then why not? If it's if it's like a wallpaper, if it's yeah. just that that paper thin, why wouldn't you be able to put some flex to it? Mm-hmm. You should be able to roll it up or fold it somehow. It's an interesting idea, and then expand it and just put it up. But it would have to be like usable, like the user, the user, user friendly capability of it too. Like if it's like, I don't know if I, I'm, I'm cool with like just rolling something up and putting it in my, you know, my backpack. I, it's, it's just foreign to me to, to think like I can't hold something physical and then bring it with me. You can get used to a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys uh, asked about um, some things I'm working on right now, right? Mm-hmm. For my account on Instagram, I. I've been um, I've been doing a few new things um, or trying to. Um, most of my posts in the past have just been food, right? Just straight up food. And I feel like that's like every food blog, you know. It's just all food porn. Everyone's doing the the grilled cheese poll or the split, <laughs> split with the yeah. you know. Damn, I, I, that's why I can't follow you guys. You're you're one of the only people that I actually follow. Oh, oh, I appreciate because it. every time. 
I open up the app and you guys you make that. a damn post. I'm I'm so hungry. I'm like I, I wasn't hungry, but thank you. I get hungry looking at my own pictures, you know. <laughs> so I feel like everyone's kind of doing that, and and um, you know, everyone's into the same stuff. All the micro influencers are doing kind of doing the same things, but you don't really know the the story behind that that you know dish or or that food. You know, you don't know um, the history behind it or what people have put in the work that people have put into that dish. So I thought I might. Um, you know, go around the city uh, to different restaurants and um, focus more on uh, the person behind it, making it. You know? Oh, that's dope. That's um, a fantastic idea. You know, how many stories have you heard? Uh, you know, I, I, I made this dish, but really I learned from my grandparents. And, and uh, mm. you know, you don't really hear that story. And when you do learn about it, it's, it's a little bit more meaningful. Right, yeah, you it know? touches you. There's a, there's a lot well, of history and culture. What we were talking about before with the street food uh, uh, episodes on Netflix. Mm-hmm. One in particular, with this, with the backstory was was uh, this lady in Mexico. Yeah, she got pregnant. Her husband was uh, very low ambition, didn't care to work or anything, and mm. she realized while she was pregnant, she said, "I don't want to take care of two babies." Essentially, she does. You know, mm. she knew that that wasn't the life for her, so she talked to her husband. And said, I want to go back home to my, my, my town with my mom, live with my mom, and take the baby with me. Like, she was still pregnant. And then the guy understood. He was like, all right, go ahead. She went back home. And it was very taboo in her culture and her city because it wasn't the norm to be a single mother. So when she had a baby, she tried to look for a job everywhere for a year and just couldn't get employed anywhere because of her, of her status. Wow being a single mother and there was some concerns about that so she decided to open up her own restaurant not knowing how to cook like something for like cooking she knew how to cook basics but nothing for like a a a wide palette Mm -hmm. of, of folks so she had a lot of challenges because the people the surrounding restaurants threw garbage in front of her restaurants to deter her uh from from opening because they were ah, they didn't awful. yeah they didn't want her because they didn't want more competition and that fired her up even more instead of that going making her weak and and, and quitting that actually boosted her drive and said you know what i'm gonna kill it so she experimented with many different recipes and she found something like a special sauce that she makes mm-hmm. and she opened the restaurant gave it out to some people and they tasted it and they're like oh my gosh it's amazing mm-hmm and when she would serve it without the sauce, people would ask her, where's the sauce? Right. So then, then she knew that was the key to the restaurant. So she continued to make it. And, her, and as, as um, her restaurant stayed open, she was uh, giving uh, more and more customers her, her sauce, her food. It just she became international. And there were people from, from all over the world just coming to uh, her town, her city, her restaurant, just to try her food. I love that. I love that story. I mean... It's always nice to root for the underdog, you know. Yeah, I think and if you can capture something like that, hell yeah, I, yeah. I would. It would be more than that, right? It was just more than just food porn. I get. The, right. I'll look at that and go, "Thank you for making me hungry, asshole." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then scrolling through, <laughs> scrolling past for the next thing, I would go. Right. I would look to it. I would get the food side, and but I would also get the person behind mm-hmm. the food. I love that idea. You don't know what kind of hardships people go through, you know. Um, 
especially in the restaurant business, you, you have people waking up like 3 a.m. To, to prep everything, and they work like 12-hour days. Um, sometimes they don't really make too much of a profit as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to be able to tell that story, you know, share with people. Yeah, especially now with COVID. Yeah, it's a tough time for everyone. Yeah, especially restaurants. Uh, so many of these closed. people have some amazing stories, I think, that will help uplift a lot of people and just show the human spirit. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so, too. So, you know, I'm going to see where it goes. Um, it's a little bit more difficult to do that because someone has to agree to an interview. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I go to a restaurant, I just take a picture of the food. Do you plan on taking videos or is it going to be, is it, is, um, is it, are you just going to caption it out through photos? So I feel like with Instagram, uh, photos work a little bit better or very short videos. I feel like long videos don't work very well. Mm-hmm. It's not YouTube, you know. Um, I might, I might do like a shorter video, two or three minutes if it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, videos are, are quite a bit of work though, as you guys know, just the editing process. So, um, we'll see. I'm, I'm still uh, trying to figure it out right now. I'm, I'm trying to see who I can feature if uh, they'll agree to it or not. So, are you going yeah. to do this in your, on your primary, um, Instagram account? Yeah. The NYC food block. Food mm-hmm. block? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Very cool, very cool. I'm so, looking forward to that. Yeah, out. yeah. We'll see how it goes. You know, we do know uh, a couple. I mean, if you're looking to do in Chinatown, I mean, we do know a spot that's been open for how many years, Norm? 70, 80 years? The Dim Sum Restaurant? No, no, the one right on Pell, where we ate last time. Oh, um, yeah. It's been there for 1930s. That's yeah. What is it called? We'll get you the details. Okay. Uh, know the owners. And I think it's the cafe. And yeah, they, they shot... A lot of movies have been shot there. And okay. It, and if you go in there, it's like walking through a time machine hmm. because nothing has changed. So when you go on the inside, that's it, awesome. It looks like 1930s style. You got the the, the metal bar stools and mm-hmm. the way everything's set up, the decor nice. has never been changed. They kept it old school just the way it was when they bought the restaurant and it's been passed down for generations. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Send me the details. I'll yeah, look into yeah. it. Well, it's that right downstairs. Good. Yeah, we'll oh. send this to you afterwards. I okay. think that might be a good jumping point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. What else you got? I might feature like food bloggers or standouts. You know, I, I have uh, a few people in mind who are really like trying, they're involved in the food industry, but they're trying to help other people. Are food bloggers competitive with one another? Are there like any haterade going around like, hey, why are you eating at the restaurant? I was there first. No, Kinda not like, at all. Why are you taking pictures of that? Why are you copying the same cheese pole? I did that. No, it's, it's not like that. <laughs> they're, like that. they're not, they're it's just not, like It's they're, not that dramatic. It's a happy community? Yeah, it's a little clicky sometimes, but, mm. okay. you know, people tend to stick together. Um, but no, there's nothing, there's no hatred against each other. It's, everyone's pretty, um, pretty friendly, so. I also think, like, it's, it's, everyone has their own niche. Like, your yeah. focus is, like, okay, I want to, Focus on the nitty gritty, like the immigrant experience of yep. food culture, and then other people might focus on like you know, yeah, I just want the the best looking you know cheese pole, or like <laughs> you know. Right. But I, I think like you know, it's great that you know you, you're focused on like the the immigrant experience also. Yeah, that's what defines New York City, right? Now, can can you make a living off doing this? Um, I I personally can. I don't really care to, but um, you know. Food blogging on Instagram is very difficult to make a living off of. Like Mikey Chen. Is he like he's probably making stuff. a decent living, but he has a huge following. So it depends on your 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 size. Um for for my blog, no, you, you definitely can. It's possible. There there's 
There's bloggers at 30. What's huge? Like you need a million? Like what's considered huge following in the food world? A decent following would be 60 to 70K. Okay. There's people at 30 or 40K who don't really make much money at all. And um, within the food industry, it's all about connections. So um, I think, I believe brands pay the most. Mm-hmm. If you if you go to a mom and pop shop and you charge whatever hundred bucks for a visit, that's mm-hmm. gonna hurt their business for a day. But if you if you go to a a, a brand like a Pepsi or Coca Cola, that's a drop in a that's nothing. nothing. Yeah. So they tend to pay the most, but you have to sort of get involved with um, a few different um, platforms that sort of set you up with that. I haven't really looked into it myself. Okay. Um, but I, I believe that's the way to go, and uh, just you know, continuously growing your following. Um. There's also these companies, they, they pay for your engagement rate, too. It's not how big your blog is as well. So, it, you know, that's based off how many likes or comments you get. Um, what a lot of food bloggers on Instagram do is they have all these groups set up with nothing but food bloggers all together. And then when they have a new post, um, they'll message everyone and say, hey, I have a new post up. And everyone will comment on that. So the engagement rate is sort of falsified a little bit. Right. They, they right. jump it up. So Because they're like brand, a group. Right. You know so like brands are paying for this, but it's it's not it, it's not a true uh, representation of how you many. You know what? I, I find, how do you feel about that? With uh, all the fake, all the little, uh, you know, buying likes, buying comments. Can you mm. buy comments? I know you can buy likes and you can buy followers, but can you buy comments? This is a huge industry. Like you Buying buy comments? likes, comments, anything like views. But they won't. But how would they know how to uh, comment appropriately? What are they going to go? Hey, what's up, dope page? Like, are, are they going to be specific? Because you could tell you got a whole bunch of what's up, dope page, man. You can tell it's, it's, it's a, a generic. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's BS. Yeah. Versus, oh my gosh, I love this little spot. I've been here. Da da da. Yeah, that uh, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, there, there is an industry. I mean, yeah. like you can buy quality. But what's the comments. point of buying comments? Oh, you could buy quality comments. Yeah, you can reach out to like, um, it, and there's different tiers of pricing, right? I think uh, so. Mm-hmm. You could buy those very generic comments, or you could buy actually comments from real people. So I, I guess the benefit from that would be these advertisers won't be able to discern mm-hmm. that you're cheating, and and they can go, oh. They don't even look into the fake comments, to be honest. They don't really look at that. It's just a number. That's a big scam. Yeah. But Uh, I I think, I don't even know if people like buy buy it for the advertisers. So I should probably pull back on it. Probably buying it for social proof. From what I've seen, uh, there's a lot of automation, but um, I don't fully understand it. But there there is a, back in the day at least, uh, Instagram has really cracked down on this. But back in the day, you would pay a monthly fee. Um, to um, a website program, um, they would sort of, you know, um, use your account and automatically like, automatically comment, automatically follow, then unfollow someone once they followed you. They well, would, I think they still have that. One they of my still friends, have it, yeah, one of my friends from Cali told me he did that. Yeah, to get his brand up. Yeah, he did exactly what you said. Right, and right. it'll follow, unfollow, and then comment, like, and all this. It still exists, but Instagram has, has limited the number of likes you can do per hour, the number of people you can follow per hour. Um, um, so it, it's, uh, the capability has reduced a little bit. It's not you, as effective. Do you think day. people mm-hmm. follow, would be more likely to follow you, let's say if you had 100,000 followers versus 100? 
but you're posting the exact same content. Yeah, it, the bigger following it matters, right? For that you know. social proof. Right? Yeah, you've, it shows that you've been around for a while. I seen it work for this particular YouTuber. I'm not gonna call him out. I know him. Mm-hmm. So when he started, uh, I think he started out with everyone else, like not that much. It was very little. Then all of a sudden, he got five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand. Wow. All within like maybe a week or so. And I was just like, damn. I believed that at first. But then when you see the like and comment ratio not match the views, the activity, the engagement, then you kind of go, come on, dog. Like, you know. I, I've seen that on, on IG, um, someone, they have millions of followers, but there's three comments. The, yeah. the, 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 you know, that, that's, that's, um, that's telling. Check this out. I know it's that's extreme. Like I'm like dog. At least do it slowly, man. Like just you know, do don't it make slowly. it as obvious. This guy, he did it really aggressive in the beginning when no one knew him, mm-hmm. and then he put on a huge marketing campaign for himself. Okay, and then he had these ridiculous videos lined up, and then all of a sudden, everyone thought that he had the social proof. Oh, everyone, just like Noodle Town, like what you said before. Like if if everyone says the spot is dope. Even it's or, or a certain restaurant. I don't want to just say new to them, but any restaurant is dope, even though it's not. They're serving. You start to believe it as well. They're serving poop, and and yeah, you start. You go, oh yeah, it's great. So it's kind of like that. I I think it worked for him. He used that psychology, uh, going, hey, look how many people follow me and like me. Um, look how popular I am, and everyone's like, oh yeah, might as well follow, follow. And then it got to the point where he grew organically where he didn't need to rely on that anymore he doesn't even buy likes or not well i can't tell anymore because he actually has like real unless he has that much money to be bullshitting around for social proof but it looks legit from Mm -hmm. his ig to his youtube i'm just like whoa yeah i mean he figured it out however he did it that's what most people do i feel like they they get up to a certain point and after a while you just kind of build it organically you know you need people who actually like your content you know (laughs) but you know who was shitting bricks when I bet those people that did that was shitting bricks when Instagram threatened because I think Instagram knows and YouTube knows or whoever, right? Uh, they know like these bots or fake accounts and they were going to wipe them all out. Remember? Mm-hmm. Remember there was the a purge. talk like a year. Yeah, they were going <laughs> to remember purge. that they were going to do that. Uh, Instagram was uh, was going to take out all these bought accounts, these fake accounts. Mm hmm. Uh, that they know, you know, I, I know that they're internally they if they have to have a system that knows if it's something sure. BS. And if they deleted all those fake accounts, and you see someone go from <laughs> drop one hundred thousand to like two thousand, you know they yeah. bought it. Then you go, my man, you bought ninety eight thousand <laughs> followers, man. I mean, it's I think that if it's that been happens, done. It it's been done, right? Where were they purged? They purged, yeah, like uh, no, robots, uh, bots, and stuff like that really sure. on accounts. They probably yeah. did, yeah. and it's not it's not hard to find them because if you have like a, a, a IG profile that has a bunch of follow followers or follows, but there's zero posts, you know, it's obvious. yeah, it's obvious, Ooh, you yeah, know? yeah. I've gotten that. I'm like spam. Get away from me. Yeah, I get a lot of like a little spam follow requests. Yeah. I mean, I got my stuff on private, right? So it's just like. I mean, I don't care about the numbers. Yeah, obviously. Right. Right. Because I even do have legit people that try to follow, but it just seems kind of creepy. So I'm like, nah. <laughs> don't worry about Decline. It. Boop. <laughs> you know, I, I just don't, I don't really care about that. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's not, 
I mean, it's nice, but it's not super important to me to get my numbers up. It's it, to me, it's 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 uh, I have a different psychology when it comes to that stuff. You're talking about your 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 personal account or or your uh, everything anything. I, I I just I really don't care. Like I I'm not saying I don't like it, um, but I don't want to fake it. Yeah, you know, and people what I mean? can people can tell if you fake it. Yeah, I I just don't want. I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone else. I'm not. That's just personally me. I just, I just think it's just too much work to fake it. I don't yeah. want to buy something that's not real. I feel like if you're passionate about something um, and you're really into it and you really enjoy it, people can tell. Right. You know? And then I don't want somebody to be friends with me just because they think I got 100,000 followers. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be nice to me. I want you to treat me the way you feel like treating me mm-hmm. so I can remember. You know, and I'm like, oh, word, right. I got you. You want to stay away from people like that yeah. in your life. And Spam. I, was, I was like, damn, I just ignored them. But I just cause I don't want people like that around me. Yeah. And that's what's good, though. See, because let's just say you are famous. You can't if you're already just faking it. You don't know who's your real friends. I think that's part of why people go crazy when they're famous. Mm-hmm. You know, they think it's all that. I, like what Jim Carrey said. He said, um, I wish everybody was rich and famous so that they could understand that that's not what happiness is. Right. I mean, look, you look at so many celebrities. They've how many have 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 had meltdowns? Like uh, right. Britney Spears, mm. um, Lindsay Lohan. You know, right. a lot of people. Right. And it just goes to show Dave you, Dave like, Chappelle, right? When he had oh, the he had Chappelle one too? show, uh, I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, he had the Chappelle show. It was extremely lucrative. I think he was getting like twenty million a year. I mean, that was a dream for a comedian to have your own show and to get paid paid like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and to they be were offering a lot of money. For a new season. Right. To be at the top of the game. And he was just like, I don't want to mess with this anymore. And for whatever reason, he left and went went to uh, Africa to try to, you know, just find a peace of mind or Mm. just to get grounded. Oh, wow. I respect that. He walked away from it. And people said he was crazy. People were shitting on him from the media to people that his friends you know, and uh, and then he made his comeback recently with the Netflix. Sounds shows. like he wasn't happy at the time. Yeah, you know, so I totally get it. Yeah. So I don't mind. Like the for me, the goal is, is not to be rich and famous. It's it's just to enjoy and, and learn and and meet people and inspire. Mm-hmm. You know, because the more people I meet, I get a window into something that I've never had an opportunity to before. You live, you went a completely separate path. Mm-hmm. And most of those, I, you know, people that went those separate paths, it's, it's, I find it interesting. Yeah, I think it's important to do um, things in life that have meaning to you, that you enjoy, that you love. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so many people work at a, a job that they hate, and you, they don't realize you're spending at least half your life doing this. More, more, yeah, more, right? And sometimes it pays a little. Up. You know, sometimes it pays well, but mm-hmm. at what cost? You know, your, your happiness, your time. Your youth, exactly. your energy, your happiness. Right. And and guess what? That time that you could have used to also develop yourself and find out who you are. Sure. I mean, I know someone that puts in hours, hours in the office. And he is absolutely, I mean, we all know someone like that, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, man, I got to get out of this. I got to get out of this. Yep. And he's telling me, well, I finally got an exit plan after 20 years. 20 years that's sad and he can't he can't complete his exit plan until like another five to five if it goes well ten if it doesn't so i'm listening to him and we're talking and i'm going damn i feel bad for you man mm. this is ter- i mean he makes a lot of money a lot of money but he is 
not healthy. He is depressed, mentally not healthy, physically not healthy. Right. Um, he hasn't he hasn't made any new friends mm-hmm. beyond his old childhood friends, and he hasn't made any real uh, connections outside of the corporate. And you know, in, in the job in the corporate world, those connections a lot of the times, you know, they, it's it comes with an asterisk. You know, because you don't want to share too much with your coworkers. You know, everyone's very careful. Yeah. You know, you can't talk about religion. You can't talk about politics. You can't, you know, do touchy touchy stuff. It's you got to remain professional, mm-hmm. right? Understandably so. You know, you don't want to have like a big riff in the office over something like that. So it's a, there is some lines of separation where you can't truly know someone, mm-hmm. right? There's there's a space there. That's the thing. We're social animals, and to work your yourself to the bone like that, and by the time you're old and you're ready to retire, you have no energy. Mm-mm. No energy. Yeah. You'll be falling asleep while you're eating your meal out over there when you're traveling. Or plus, you look back at your life and you wonder, what have I done? You know, you gave it to this company. Fulfilling. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Muay Thai gyms I I train at. There, there's a few. Um, the one of the co-owners used to um you know he used to work in corporate right i, I believe someone mentioned to me he used to make like 300k so he he left that and opened up like um, a number of gyms um i i think he was much happier doing that he's probably making a lot less mm-hmm. but um you know I, I respect people that and he's probably working a lot harder uh becoming your own boss yeah. mm-hmm. it's, it's a different interesting thing. enough that that person he um uh, one of the, that co-owner he really turned his life around um he used to be involved in gangs in, in mm-hmm. chinatown I, I believe he was one, uh, in the same one as china mac um oh go, go, yeah yeah he was a little bit older than him so you know he turned his life around went corporate and then mm-hmm. left that and and um you know pursued um opening muay thai gyms and good for him bjj gyms and he's, he's happy he's, you know what i do find it interesting that um stories that i hear of a lot of gangsters uh, able to work like they they shift Asian gangsters in particular, they they adapt it and shift it with the environment where they um, can work these nine to five jobs. I just find it interesting that that so different, right? Because I mean, at the same time, like because these people have a lot of you know gangsters like that have a lot of pride. Yeah, there's a lot of ego. They have tempers and they have street rules. And when you go in the corporate world. Uh, those rules are different and they don't abide by the same respect or the same hierarchy. And a lot of times you're coming into it, you're at the very, you're at the low, low end, you're sure. at the entry level. Right. And, you got, and no matter what level you are, you probably got a boss. If you're working, if someone gave you a job interview, you're working for someone. Right. So, so you, you have, have to answer like, someone. You have to much. answer to yeah. someone. Exactly. So, so. I, I, I'm, they were able to adapt and just kind of take it. Yeah. I mean, good for them. Like you said, like the, like, uh, the guy that opened the gym, if he's, he went from being a gangster, and during that time, I mean, those were like, that's a real hardcore gang to be around. Mm-hmm. From go to that and then make 300K in a corporate world and be able to uh, adapt into a system and then and excel, work his way up to the point where he goes, I mean, he didn't start at 300K. He probably yeah, started right. entry level and worked his way up to 300 and realized, this isn't for me, man. I'm getting burnt out. Right. And then said, I'm just going to be my own boss because that's who I'm meant to be. I mean, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that's incredible. Not and, everyone uh, does that, though. They they kind of take the safe route and just do the same things their entire lives. And the fact that people can change, right? A lot of people don't realize that that people can change. You could become like in think about it. Like just hearing 
I mean, we don't have to say his name, but just yeah. hearing his uh, his story, this guy was a gang member. Then he changed who he was and put on the corporate America hat. And then now he became a teacher mm-hmm. of the martial arts. Yep. I mean, this former is, this, fighter as well. He used to compete. Yeah, that's a yeah, it's, it's like an incredible story. Yeah, you can write a book out of it. Um, a lot of these people can. A lot of people that yeah. grew up in New York can. Uh, it would be a really interesting biography. I think it's a certain mentality that the individual has. Like, if they're they're focused on like that life in the, in in the gang life, and then be able to excel, it's that sort of like they have that kind of um, drive, that drive mm-hmm. to to do and whatever industry they go into they're able to excel. I mean, well, I think it's also the type of training. Mm-hmm. I think the drive that you have, I think one part it is nature, but I think another part what a lot of people forget is the is a nurture, is the, is your environment. Having that uh space to to learn from. You know, a lot of these skills that you get that are street smart, not saying gang stuff, but just that you learn that you don't learn in in, in the books. Is trans. I find a lot of that, and sometimes is more transferable to the real world, mm-hmm. rather than what you read in a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and having that street smart, I think. I think what people mean by that a lot of the times is being able to apply it because you could read something and understand it and pass an exam, but you won't know how to apply it. There's so many people who are book smart, but they have zero common sense. Yes, I mean. But society tells you to go through college to study hard, but common sense is something you have to develop. And uh, yeah, it's experience. They, it's experience. Yeah, they pass everything. They they go for their first job interview, and you know the employer finds out they're like a complete idiot. Right. Know? So, so it's, it's not the real a, world. Yeah, my, my, one of my, f- my uh, friend's brother graduated computer science, uh, or, or some degree uh, related to those arts and it was like I think he graduated like a 3.9 GPA wow yeah it was really high and he couldn't find a job for a year and a half and when he finally found a job it was it didn't pay him much Hmm. it was very it was very entry level pay and part of it is because he's a massive introvert he does not he falls under um, pressure and 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 being able to answer any questions or having a constructive dialogue with someone while in the hot seat, mm-hmm. he falls apart. And that's vital for a lot of jobs. But he's a smart, smart kid. Like he right. is smart. I mean, we know so many people like that. Yep. They're just really smart. Like, and yeah. I know that they will excel uh, given uh, the right. time because they can, they, they're really fast learners mm-hmm. and they have no problem working hard, but they just can't get through a damn interview. That's it. They just can't speak to people. They yep. just they clam up. Mm-hmm. They get, it gets really awkward, and then everybody gets uncomfortable during the interview. You don't. They don't have the social skills for it. You know, and that, that takes a little bit of time. It takes interacting. Yeah, that or they're low energy in, yeah. in front of a crowd. They, they they feel, especially a lot of introverts feel this. Mm-hmm. They feel that being around people just makes them tired. Right. For whatever reason, right? Mm-hmm. And extroverts, when the, the more people are around, the more charged up they'll get. Yeah. So uh, introverts, when they are around people, a lot of them can just kind of seem like they're just low effort, low energy. So when you're in front of a job interview, you're going, of course, if I'm looking at someone, I'm going, oh, this person has low energy. It looks like low effort, almost to the point where of being lazy. I'm not going to hire this guy. Right. 
Of course not. So I get it. But at the same time, if I, that's why I think this, the job interview system may be kind of flawed. You know, some people could be the opposite. They could come in with great energy, hilarious, able to navigate the interview extremely well. Yeah. You hire them and they really... They're a dud. They're a dud. They just yeah. game the system. They mm-hmm. just know how to game the system. And they're not truly uh, creating a better atmosphere or culture in, in, in their job function, right? Uh, versus that other person would have sacrificed way more, uh, probably way more intelligent and, and cause a lot less friction within the job place, you know, or less confrontation. It's a balance. Yeah. You have to be decent at both to get by. You do. So. Anyway, that said, uh, Sam, thank you for coming through, man. Um, we'll put all your information. I'm sure a lot of foodies out here would be <laughs> super interested. Uh, they haven't heard about you that's yeah. into street food. Yeah, I yeah. mean, um, even my my page, I feel like people don't really know me that well. It's just all about food, so yeah. it's nice to do a podcast and talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, like I, I definitely take take a look at your your Instagram and I get re- recommendations. Oh, that's awesome! It. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. Good, and good. I, I I do a little food tour, you know, with with uh, with my girl, and I'm uh-huh. like, where where can I eat today? You know. <laughs> Because we're in Brooklyn, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're unintentionally touching people, man. Good, this good, is why good. this is what I love about social media. I yeah, mean, yeah. there there are pros and cons, but tying it back, I mean, that's those are the beautiful things. Anyway, Sam, thank you for coming through. Thanks, guys. Um, this is Lucky Boys. Yeah. We're out.